A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a new thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the new thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is new thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, and I'm here with Reverend Bill Marcioni. The side, the side. Yeah, That's right here. Okay, yeah. Right here. here. Right next to me, or next to you. And are you pointing to which shoulder of yours the yes, devil is I, on? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you wanted to talk about today. Yes. Yes, I think that would be really helpful. And as we get started, you know, you said I like to talk to people. And Fiona is here and she made a really nice comment. So I'm going to, if I don't get to say anything else, I'm going to tell her that she said that she likes when we meander off the subject. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> I just think that's so cool that you said that. So yeah, welcome to you and everybody else. You know, there are people that I can't see. And you told me about that last week. You know, I had no idea that people were listening from every which way. I knew some, but so hi, yeah. everybody. Hi. We record this live on Mondays at 1 Eastern time. We're live streaming on Facebook and YouTube, and then we go and edit the whole podcast together and then post it onto in podcast land sometime later. So this is the live sessions that's so, so exciting, you know, with the smell of the grease paint and the roaring crowd. <laughs> <laughs> And I do think this is a podcast that is mostly meandering off topic. And every once in a while, we have a topic. But I do like the one for today, which is the devil. So explain your question or inquiry. Yeah, the devil is so stinking popular. Like, you don't really have to explain it. It's more difficult to explain the devil away, you know, because I pastored, as you know, for 30 plus years, plus plus and informal pulpit ministry, et cetera, before that. And the one entity, idea, or subject that kept coming up and just ruining stuff was the devil. And you know what? It even got to a place where you would try to give an intelligent argument against the devil and people would hate you and be angry with you and say, wow, that's the biggest devil's tool to make you think that the devil doesn't exist. And so, <laughs> and you know, and then you're like, so sometimes I would just feel slammed against the wall because I was so outnumbered with this energy forever about this devil. I thought it might be a good thing to talk about it. Okay, well, I can certainly say some inflammatory things about the devil. By the way, not worried about burning in hell, not worried about the devil coming to get me or any of that stuff. And the reason for that is that new thought is a unity teaching. It's a teaching of oneness. We believe that there is one infinite creative power that created everything. And we describe that as, you know, take your scripture. 
in the beginning was the word and word was God. Or in the beginning there was darkness and void and God said, let there be. And then there was, and then there is. And that's the creative process. That is the word being spoken into that creative law, which is then creating. Same story in science in the Big Bang. In the beginning, there was the singularity, just this one. And it started exploding and expanding and recreating and recombining and evolving. And everything that exists came from the one. That includes all of the energy, all of the matter, all of the intelligence, all of the possibility that exists everywhere. It has existed since the beginning of time. One set of physical laws that have always applied and always will. That's why we call them natural laws. They're principles. With that in mind, and it's actually easier to use the scripture one because it takes into account the notion of God or a causative energy. God said, let there be light. And where there was no light, now there's light. And let there be everything else that exists. And there is. And that's the creative law responding to that conscious intent. Where'd the devil come from? I have no idea. If in fact is all one and everything is God expressed in its own way, then if, in fact, there is a devil, it was created by God. Which means that it is subjective to that infinite creative power that creates everything. Just like everything else in creation, it's all part of that same natural universe. Now, is there actually an entity out there? Another guy in red spandex with a tail and a fork that's causing trouble and fighting with God? Because fighting with God is not a winning proposition. <laughs> <laughs> There's no winning in that game because it's God. Now, if we think that the devil is trying to beat God and trying to undermine God and trying to find loopholes and circumvent and all the rest of those things, then yeah, there's the possibility that that's going on. Because we are always trying to figure stuff out and get around consequences and do what we want to do without being held accountable for it and all those other things that when we get caught, we blame the devil. Okay, so now you rewind a bit. <laughs> Okay. That's <laughs> just my favorite thing to do with uh, you, just rewind. I covered a bunch of territory, so yeah. go back and pick okay. up wherever you'd like. So the part where you said that when you asked the question, you said, if there is no devil, then who do I think created? And I said, I have no idea. And, you know, in my mind, I mean, well, you said, well, then God. And I'm thinking, well, come on now. We humans created the concept of the devil. And I think we've just built this concept so incredibly huge and meticulously, by the way. Oh, very well, yes. You know, so that it's hard to not believe. I can understand how people don't believe, but I can't go down the road with this opposition thing, you know, like God and the devil are in opposition. Now, of course, there are scriptures that support that thought. But then comes in the matter of interpretation of those scriptures. And in the traditional church, you don't get that other interpretation. You get a traditional interpretation that there's a God and there's devil, and you've got these scriptures to prove that they're at war with each other. But here's what was simple for me, even when I was little. If God is all-powerful, then why do I have to worry about the devil, even if the <laughs> devil exists? Like, I remember being a little kid. Like, if God is all-powerful, and I knew that big word, omnipotent, then why am I worried about the devil? And I couldn't get an answer. In one of the Native American traditions, there's a shaman who told a story about inside of him are there are two dogs. There's an angry dog and there's a loving dog. And they are continuously battling for his attention and to be in control. And the follower says to him, well, which one wins? 
And he says, oh, whichever one I feed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're the same thing. I think the devil is an imaginary friend. Kids have an imaginary friend, you know. It's Josie, my imaginary friend. And suddenly there's a stain on the carpet. And, well, where did that come from? Oh, it's milk. Well, who spilled their milk? Josie. Okay, the kid will blame their invisible friend as a way of skirting responsibility and not getting in trouble for there being milk spilled on the carpet. Well, I, in my opinion, the devil is a grown-up version of an invisible friend we can blame. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And here's what I'm thinking. Like my kids, whenever we're at a family gathering, they always talk about the sayings that I had when they were little. And, mm -hmm. and one of them was, get a grip. Just get a grip on your little self. And, <laughs> and that stays with me forever. Like if you think of the devil, get a grip on your mind and start thinking, how can this be? You know, when you compare all the facts, it just can't hold water. And I think that there is a preference to holding this devil as a real person, creating that reality, because then you have someone to blame. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that we lose in new thought when we choose this as our spiritual path and as a lifestyle and a way of living is we have to give up blaming God because God so loved the world that God doesn't care what we do. God did not give us a life so that we can X, Y, or Z. God gave us a life and we can choose. And if somebody wants to blame an outside force for their misfortune or woe, or in the case of the devil, their misbehavior, then they get to put a lot of energy into ducking responsibility for whatever is going on. Now, the fact of the matter is that the creative laws of the universe are not like a direct link remote control where we're sitting up here in the control bridge and we push on a lever and then something changes in the world. There is a linkage between our thoughts and beliefs and the creative power that is creating stuff in the world. And that is our subconscious. That is what's actually in our belief system. So when I say I want to be compassionate and loving and loyal, and there is a belief hidden in my subconscious somewhere that if I don't do it to somebody else first, they're going to do it to me. And I need to take what I can get when I can get it, because that's all there's ever going to be then I'll wind up cheating and having an affair and carrying on in an inappropriate way because of the greed that's hidden, perhaps out of sight, in my subconscious. But we can always tell what's in our subconscious. We look at our lives. That's a topographical map of what's in our belief system. So if I'm saying one thing and I'm getting something different, then there's a disconnect and I get to look at the disconnect. And if I want to blame the devil for the disconnect, then I get to spend all of my time in blame rather than looking for what the actual issue is and being able to clear it out. Yes, this is something that happened to me in my childhood. This is something that my dad did to me, and I've been repeating that program ever since. Once we understand that that's what we're doing, we get to make a new choice. Oh, do I want to continue kicking the dog because dad always kicked the dog when he was angry? Or do I want to do something different? And I get to choose. Hopefully, on behalf of the dog, <laughs> I choose well. I choose love. And I don't kick my dog, by the way. But it makes absolutely perfect sense. But to do it, it takes a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, my word, it takes a lot of work, but I think it also takes a lot of courage, too, because when you're used to doing something a certain way or believing a certain way, and now you have to change, it's like, how am I going to navigate 
this change when I don't really know what comes along with it. You know, like you can have anything you want, but you have to take everything that goes along with it. And once you start to think about maybe that, you may not think about it consciously, but how am I going to live with this if there is no devil? Mm-hmm. You know? And that's hugely scary, I think, because now I got to be responsible for what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an infinite creative power that is responding to us all the time. And when we say, I want this new experience, I want this change in my life, that infinite creative power says, are you willing to change to accommodate the change that you're seeking? And then it's up to us. Let's take a break and come back and talk about blaming God. Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, and I'm here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. We're going to. And people say, "You mean if I'm not happy with my life, it's my fault?" Yeah. 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 And that's not to say that we are to blame for the way that our lives are going. That's to say that we're accountable. We have the authority to create any experience of life that we want. And if we create one that we're not enjoying, then we are accountable for having created it. And it is that same accountability that gives us the authority to create something different. That's where the freedom comes in. Because if somebody else were creating the experience of our life, if somebody else were deciding that I'm going to be happy or unhappy, then where am I in that relationship? Yeah. It's big, you know, to take responsibility or to think that I have responsibility for my life is a huge thing because it's easy to make decisions in the moment as long as you have somebody in the background that you can blame. Mm -hmm. But if there's nobody but you, you know, one time I was doing my meditation in the morning and I was going through some statements and it just hit me. You are in this by yourself. Like, you got this. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that, right? I've known that intellectually for a long time. But sometimes you hit these moments when it's a reality. You know, you know. And that was like a freeze. It wasn't a freeze frame moment. It was a freeze frame time. Mm -hmm. You know, because probably somewhere in my subconscious, I was still thinking 
that if I word this just right, if I dot all the, you know, I's, cross T's and all that, that God is going to make it happen. And I would have never said that that's what I thought. But in the sequence of this conversation I was having with myself, I came to this like, you're in this alone. You got this. You better better take the next best step. And then I thought of, you know, of course, Florence Scovel Shen who says the next divine right step. And Mm -hmm. scripture tells us steps of a good person. And I thought, okay, all right, all right. Calm down, Lawrence. You got it. You're all right. You're all right. (laughs) You know how this goes. This is just a moment of truth that hit me. And so would you say that you're going to be responsible for your own life in every way? That's big. Yeah. Well, you're not alone. You are actually co-creating whatever's happening in your life with that infinite creative power that creates everything. And the freedom that we have to choose is like, imagine yourself with a knob and it's a dimmer for the lights or a heat control. And you can turn the lights up and down. And if you turn it all the way down, then it's complete darkness and you can't see a thing. And if you turn it way, way, way up, then it's going to be so bright that you can't even open your eyes. Or maybe you're getting, feeling like you're getting blinded even with your eyes closed. So it's an infinite creative power that will give us that amount of range that can shut down everything around us to the point where we can't see a thing or that it's so overwhelmingly bright that we can't deal with it. And to say, oh, well, I want all of the light that there is. is like, nah, nah, there are places that are too bright for us. So what we want to do is be in that perfect place of balance. There are times when we want to be in the light. There are sometimes, like at sleep time, we want to be in the dark. And we are free to choose the way that we're going to be bringing those experiences together without somebody else necessarily controlling that for us in all the areas of our life, because that creative power is just saying yes. We say we want the light to be brighter. It says yes, and it gets brighter. If we inadvertently turn the light up too bright and then we can't keep our eyes open, we could blame the light. We could blame the knob. We could blame something's going on. But, you know, take your hand off the switch. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think there's something behind that which you said. Nothing's going to happen unless you take a step. Now, some people call it a leap of faith or a faith step, whatever you want to call it. And I have projects laid out in front of me. This is real life, right? I have a lot of stuff. And I've had to make decisions about it. Well, there's no magic that's going to happen. Nothing is moving until I say, this one, this one. And that's an important thing to know because it makes you think really clearly about what you want to see happen, you know, because if this happens, then this will happen or... You can't sit there and wait for the creator, because you use the term co-creator, which is, I love that term, but you got to make a step. Yeah. Well, if I wanted to publish another book, I know what the process was for the first book, for the Practical Prayer book. And I've been in the publishing industry and I've been a writer long enough that I know what the process is for the next book. And I've got a couple of more that I'm thinking about. And it's possible that I don't have to do the page layout. In the last one, I didn't do the cover design. And I set up the printing, but I didn't actually have to run the printing press. So there's a certain piece of it that's going to be mine. And there's a certain piece of it that somebody else could do. Now, it is completely possible that a publishing company will come along and say, hey, 
Reverend Bill, we would love to have you write another book, and we're going to give you an advance, and all you need to do is this. And here's the ghostwriter who we'd like to have work with you, and here's the editor who's going to take care of all of this and put all the pieces together. So all that stuff that I know how to do, that I could make an assumption I have to do the next time, the tricky mundane parts might be taken care of by somebody else. Not because it's getting foisted off on them, but because as the divine expressions of God that they are, there are opportunities for them to step forward in their lives to bring more richness and good into the world. And it involves partnering with me. So I can let go of my assumption of how I'm going to do that. And then one of those projects that I thought was going to be 10 steps winds up being just one for me. Yeah. Yeah. But you... (laughs) You know, you know, I'm not getting off of this. You got to. No, gotta make Carol's sitting there thinking, how do I get that publisher guy to call me? Because <laughs> <laughs> I got three projects that could use that sort of support. I could. I'm not going <laughs> to. You are reading my mind. But it's, you know, I just think about my own journey in this. And specifically, I didn't notice it as much before New Thought. After New Thought, you know, you say everything is simple and people like to think of New Thought as sitting back and that magic happened. <laughs> to me, I got busy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got busy. It's good busy. You know, it's good busy. It's productive busy. But it's more of me in it than I can ever remember before. I was always doing, you know, but now I know what has to be done. But it's me in it saying, you know, I got a good example because a lot of people are familiar with weight loss. Mm-hmm. My <laughs> my weight goes up and down. Like it's it's not terribly extreme, but it, you know, it fluctuates. And over the years, you have clothes. You buy your skinny clothes and you buy your fat clothes. That's what you call them. So I look at the closet and I don't like buying clothes. I don't like to shop. I'd like to have this to last the rest of my life so I don't have to think about this anymore. But then when my weight goes down or I say, I need to lose weight. This is funny. I need to lose weight. What goes along with that? You're going to have to buy some more clothes. (laughs) And I'm thinking, I ain't doing this. (laughs) I mean, I hate buying clothes. I hate shopping like that. But it's a decision, you know, and that might be funny, but it's real. Mm-hmm. You know, it is real. So it pays for me, you know, to make the decision to keep my weight steady. That's the threat. The devil is going to make me shop, right? <laughs> the devil is going to make me go shopping. <laughs> if I lose this weight, the devil's going to be right there to make me have to shop. So, no, I don't know. Like, you know. I had struggled with my weight half. For my entire life, weighing over 300 pounds in my early youth. And then three or four years ago, just decided I want to get myself down to a reasonable, healthy weight. And I did. And it's wonderful. I got myself two new wardrobes along the way through. And now I have the third one that's just fine for me. And when the weight fluctuates a little bit, I put on the weight until the clothes start to feel snug. And then it's time to go and take the weight off again and get into the cycle there. So I can just have one wardrobe and have the things that I like. And I'm taking care of myself and I'm exercising and I'm following all the rest of that guidance and eating well, etc. And now what I found is that there's a bunch of shirts that I got that are in my right size. And what used to happen is when the weight went up, they would get tight around the belly. And that's how I would know. 
Now, interestingly, they're fine around the belly and around the collar, but because I'm in much better shape, and I've got a much stronger upper body, they don't fit around the chest anymore. And I'm not going to lose weight there. <laughs> so there's always something. Yes. <laughs> there's always something. Yes. Yeah, so to those people who think that new thought is just, you know, wooey and magic happen, see how hard we're working here? We have to work to think, to keep this weight off, to make sure our wardrobe stays stable. And that's meant to be funny. Yeah. And the infinite creative power that creates everything hears, I wish to be successful and happy and prosperous and says, I'll see you're successful, happy and prosperous, and I'll raise you too. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have to step into it and actually be and do and take charge of and believe in everything that's required to be successful and happy and prosperous. Mm -hmm. Let's take a quick break and come back and we'll do a prayer, I think on successful, happy and prosperous. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, and here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And what did you say we were going to do? We're, we're gonna not going to talk prayer. anymore? We you finished talk talking? Someone? We can talk more if you want, but eventually we're going to do a prayer, and the prayer is going to be for successful, happy, and prosperous. Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly you don't want to talk anymore. No, I would love to talk, but I know this is, you know, if we wear people out, they're not going to come back next week. There you go. So we're going to settle into our quiet time. This is like nap time. We're going to roll out our little piece of rug in the kindergarten class and take our afternoon siesta. This is a prayer for successful, happy, and prosperous. And that has different meanings for everybody who's listening to this. So it is successful, happy, and prosperous in whatever way that brings meaning to you. So I invite you to turn your attention away from whatever experiences you've been having up until now, the challenges in success or happiness or prosperity so that we can open ourselves up to that infinite creative power that creates everything. Acknowledging that there is only one, one source, one power, one presence, one infinite intelligence, one divine love that shares itself as and through and in all of its creation. That one, the creator of everything, is sharing its energy and its substance as all of its creation. I am that divine power and presence manifest in a way that is unique to me. And so is each one who is listening to this prayer. Each of us, a divine and perfect expression of that one, unfolding and revealing and expressing ourselves in a unique and wonderful way. And because we are all that one, 
taking specific form. All of the good that is available anywhere is available everywhere and is available to each of us. So we are each opening ourselves up to that infinite good, to that divine power, to that limitless substance that is everything, that is everyone, that is everywhere, and allowing it to fill our lives in a way that brings more success, more happiness, more prosperity, more richness and sweetness into our lives. We let go of any thoughts that might be holding ourselves back. We put down any doubt or negativity so that we can open ourselves up to an even greater experience, the highest and best that we can possibly imagine, and even greater unfolding for each of us and for all of us. So I claim this now. I claim success and happiness and prosperity for myself and for each one listening. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the wonderful ways that it's showing up. I'm grateful for the delightful experiences for each of us. And I'm grateful for the awareness of this creative process, this co-creative endeavor with the infinite that allows us to claim our good. And so with this deep feeling of thanks, I speak this word of intention, of invitation, of opening, and I release it into that creative law that has always said yes. And I know it once again is saying yes. This good is happening now. And so it is. So it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org.